0: welcome to a new edition of the neon jazz interview series with celebrated new york city jazz pianist bill charlap he has a new 2021 cd out called street of dreams done with his trio of bassist peter washington and drummer kenny washington this is a trio 25 years in the making celebrating their home of new york as it emerges from an unprecedented covid period of no live music his father was broadway composer moose charlap and his mother is singer sandy stewart who toured with benny goodman and was a regular on the Paris. Como show. Music has always been his reality. He started playing at three and has shared the stage with the likes of Phil Woods, Tony Bennett, Jerry Mulligan, Wynton Marsalis, Freddie Cole, and the great Houston person. His story is a testament to the strength and grace of jazz. Enjoy.
1: Man, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I've been a big fan. I've had you on the show quite a bit over the years, so thank you for taking a minute out. I'm delighted to talk to you, Joe. So, you know, the one thing that gets me about this album is there's so much going on And it should be triumphant now that we're coming out of COVID and we're in a new year and there's an opportunity to perform it. You're celebrating New York, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, has gone through so an incredible amount more than any other place on the American landscape in regards to COVID. What does this album mean for you?
2: First of all, COVID
1: or no COVID,
2: New York is our home as a trio. There are so many places that are central to our lives, performance-wise, uh, none more than The Village Vanguard, but also including uh, As at Lincoln Center and 92nd Street Y, where I've run a concert series for many years. Kenny and Peter and I have been playing together now for about 25 years, and the chemistry is so natural, and was always so natural from the very beginning, but has grown in its depths, And we've learned from each other. Uh, I think that we've influenced each other in the way that we play together, in a sense. Sometimes uh, players talk about, well, I was influenced by this master and this master, and that's true. But I think we're equally influenced by our peers, Um, maybe even more so, if you think about it. You know, Charlie Parker's influenced by Desi Gillespie. Desi Gillespie's influenced by Charlie Parker, etc. Speaking of, of the COVID part, we played at the Village Vanguard for the first time again with people there in September for two weeks, and it was a magnificent feeling. Uh, it's been a magnificent feeling to be in places like Birdland, where I just did a lovely week of duets with some of my all-time favorite musicians, Houston Person, Chris Potter, John Faddis, and two nights with the maestro Ron Carter. Full houses, everyone is there and New York is alive and swinging, and so that's all really wonderful. In terms of this album, we did it just like we were playing a set. I played four songs with the trio, we took a break, we came back the next day, we played four more songs, and that was that. So the flow is very natural, and in the way that we think about things, we try to tell a story with each piece. Lastly, I think very importantly on this album is the beautiful work of James Farber who's such a great recording engineer that he is able to capture perfectly the nuance of uh sound that we get individually with our instruments and also collectively. So with all of those things together I feel very happy about the photograph the snapshot that this record is. That's what all records are especially improvised music you know you're taking a snapshot of something that happens only once and what makes it alive is how extemporaneous it is how much you're listening to each other how much nuance there is and james is able to allow for us to create those kind of coloristic palettes without uh, any manipulation whatsoever once it's set we're creating all our own dynamics and volumes, yet you're hearing everything all of the time.
1: Nothing gets covered, and nothing loses any depth. So that's how I feel Beautiful. about it. And I guess that's the thing about when you do play with other musicians, it's really almost kind of like a marriage. After 25 years, you've been been around each other a long time. And it's communication. I well, that's true. I mean, yeah. That's true.
2: But also so, like a marriage, the chemistry is either there from the jump or it's not. And it's very difficult to build it if it doesn't exist. Well,
1: 100%.
2: it was interesting for me to recently I put on the first album that we made where you can hear that instant chemistry. It was called All Through the Night. It was on Crisscross Jazz, a uh, Dutch label based in, in, in the Netherlands, excuse me, uh, in Enschede. I really could hear the way that we have grown as people and musicians and together as a band although that chemistry was there right away. I just uh, found it interesting to hear the types of story
1: that uh, we're telling now. So I got to know, what were the audiences like when you played live? They have to feel different now that you're back on the stage. We appreciate it so much. And the main thing about this, besides
2: the obvious, which is all of the loss. And all of the people who've really suffered. I've been one of the very lucky ones. My family is safe, I'm safe, and everybody's fine. But we miss everybody, and we miss the intimacy. And I think that the audience, especially in our music, it's so much about a conversation happening between the musicians, happening against the canvas of time and what has been created before in our art and our place in it. All of these different things are there, but the audience really felt wonderful in all of these places. The feeling that what we have should never be taken for granted. I hope that that stays. You know, anytime the human race goes through some tragedy, maybe uh, there's something good to hang on to in terms of gratitude, and I
1: hope we can hang on to
2: that. Yeah. We're not out of woods yet, but things are much better
1: without a doubt, you know, and that's the thing too about this, you know, with this break, we've all been self-reflective. We've had to really be with ourselves and think about things. How do you see both yourself and the world of jazz emerging stronger after well, this long I'll, after? I'll tell you
2: one, one thing that I think is true. And I've heard other people talk about this. I read about, uh, I can't remember who was saying it but somebody very important. It's as if the musicians want to come and play with more depth and emotion than ever. You know, the heart knows everything that the head knows. And if you lead with the heart and you have the courage to lead with the heart, it will always make the right decision for you. I think that people are playing better than ever. That's what I'm trying to say. I think that somehow the value of what it is, the idea that we don't take any of it for granted, is paramount right now. And I believe that that is coming through not just in our group, but in all of the music that I've been hearing. I've been hearing magnificent performances from so many incredible musicians. Uh, Just last weekend, Artemis and uh, Diane Reeves' concert, they split uh, the bill. You know, Rini's uh, wonderful group with Alison Miller and Nicole Glover and Ingrid Jensen, Noriko Ueda and Anat Cohen. They played uh, so beautifully. I just heard them at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And everyone is just coming out and playing with such passion. I think that we're in a very healthy place in terms of art because there's so much to express and so so much that we want to reach out and feel uh, together. I feel that in
1: Kansas City. You know, I want to kind of go back to the beginnings of your life here with, with your father, Moose, who is a Broadway composer. And your your mother was a singer that traveled with Benny Goodman. Was it always in the stars that you were going to be a musician or did you have any other dreams?
2: Well, yes. Uh, I always knew that I would be a musician. I don't think it was ever a choice. It just seemed to be a given. Nobody said that's what you're going to do or that's not what you're going to do. It's just what I did. My mother, incidentally, is very healthy and still singing like an angel. She's 84 years old and she's in great shape. We've uh, done a couple of performances recently and she was wonderful. She sang as you know what Benny Goodman was a regular on the Perry Como show and the Mitch Miller show and Ed Sullivan and sang with Bing Crosby and all kinds of people. She was Grammy nominated and worked with many great composers from uh, Meredith Wilson to Julie Stein to Richard Rogers. So all of that was there. I was just always surrounded by music and especially popular song and theater writers. You know, my father was one of the great theater writers, having written uh, songs from Peter Pan and his work with Carolyn Lee there, and people like Yip Harburg and Alan and Marilyn Bergman and Charles Strauss, they were in and out of my home. I didn't know how important they were at the time. But uh, of course, uh, now I understand that I grew up in a very rarefied atmosphere,
1: and I'm grateful for that. You know, you've had a very long career, and it's it's taken you down some wondrous paths. What's been the key to your longevity? And you, like on this latest album, you evolve all the time. You always put out quality material. How does that happen for you?
2: You just uh, don't waste your time with anything second rate. That's something uh, I don't mean that uh, in any kind of tough way, but Warren O'Brien, the great bassist who was the first, uh, I believe she was the first female member of the New York Philharmonic. She was appointed by Maestro Bernstein and She's still there. She was my brother's teacher for many years. My brother is a bassist. She's a very, very brilliant woman. And that was something that she said once don't waste your time with anything second rate. So I spent time over this time with Mozart and Brahms and Bud Powell and Earl Hines, etc. To me, if you're surrounded by the best, and the highest quality, then it's going to become a part of you. I'm interested in all the music that's going on around me and my peers and the young musicians coming up, but there's no substitute for Monk and Bud Powell and Louis Armstrong and Charlie Parker. And there's so many, there's another thing too. You asked about the repertoire. Well, there are so many great songs written by the, the great master songwriters, Duke Ellington, Uh, Billy Strayhorn, Harold Arlen, George Gershwin, Cole Porter, Richard Rogers, Irving Berlin, uh, Jerome Kern, etc., etc. Those are the the really big names because they're the most prolific and the most versatile. But there are still so many songs and so much music to cover, not to mention the giants of jazz composition, people like Horace Silver and Kenny Dorham and Cedar Walton, etc., so there's so much music we've not recorded yet, and for us, it's become pretty easy. Uh, there's so much music in our book, and it's always evolving, and it could change from night to night. We might change keys. We
1: might change the approach to a song. All of those things can change and should. Well, and you personally played with a lot of masters like Phil Woods and Terry Mulligan with Marsalis. The list goes on. What did these musicians give to you that you in turn are giving to younger musicians that you play with? Well,
2: hopefully it's something that I'm giving with honesty and just sharing some of the messages that I got from those master artists. And each one of them has some, not just some, but maybe many lessons that you can learn about them. Each one that you mentioned, something comes to mind, like the, the visceral virtuosity of phil woods on a night-to-night basis the glorious almost spiritual sound of jerry mulligan not almost quite spiritual sound of jerry mulligan it's like a it's like a cello the way that he played the poise and accuracy and burst tone and originality of the line in winton marsalis playing the choices that jim hall made like a great painter or sculptor. It's like uh, playing with Marc Chagall or Henri Matisse or something like that. Tony Bennett's line, his ability to make a song a definitive version of song and the painter who was part of Tony Bennett as well. I think all of those things get inside the music and uh, they become messages parted musically. It's not always verbally. You know, I think that's why we have music to say what we can't
1: say with words let's say you have a drink tonight, you run into your younger self around the time that you were really becoming a professional musician. And based on the wisdom that you've gotten over all these years, you could give yourself one piece of advice. And this isn't a regret question. This is merely taking your Mm -hmm. wisdom and giving it to your younger self. What would you say to your younger self? Everything's
2: going to be okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I dig it. (laughs) Best I can do.
2: Breathe and enjoy the process. And, uh, Remember that if your story is real, then it's yours. It's your story. So there's nothing to, you don't have to think so much about what, uh, you don't have to get into any kind of comparative analysis with other people or your peers or even the people you're playing with. Just tell your story and try to figure out what that story is. And that story keeps expanding too. And you might have some new story to tell. So what would I tell myself? I would tell myself, keep playing with Kenny and Peter.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it is 25 years ago. And and, and marry Rini. And luckily, I took that advice on both on both takes.
1: Absolutely, man. So everyone has a perception of you. Your family, your friends, your fans, the world at large. But you live your life. You perceive yourself. Who do you think you are?
2: I hope I'm somebody who can help people
1: feel raised
2: in who they are and the value of who they are, uh, at any point in their journey and at any age, that would be my highest goal. Who else am I? I don't know. I hope, uh, I hope that we can all have, I hope that, uh, it's fun to hang out and it's not too serious. And it's serious as a heart attack when we're on the band, when we're on the bandstand, but at the same time, we should... We should have some fun. Life is about having some fun, too. So uh, don't take it too seriously.
1: Of course, take it as, as seriously as, as you can at the same time. Beautiful. Bill, thank you, man. I really appreciate your time today. Good luck with the thing as we move forward.
2: Well, thanks so much, and it's delightful to talk to you. And if I can uh, ever do
0: anything for you, just please let me know. And thank you for taking the time. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Bill for his class, music, and time. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store. Visit Neon jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
2: Neon Jazz.